from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. It is Fresh Fridays here on the G and Ursula Show. And Ursula, I got to tell you that um, we talk about a lot of topics and issues since for, for the last four years. Yes. And the one thing that I feel comfortable that is our wheelhouse is when we are truly talking about things that impact the majority of our communities that we live in. And I'm talking about here locally. I'll, I, I'm not just going to do this, but I shouldn't pat ourselves on the back. Nobody does it like we do. Nobody talks about these issues that are really pressing. A lot of people might have agendas. A lot of people might talk about it through politics. But stuff that is really pressing... No, no. We talk about that real. The thing that makes it really special, too, is that when when, uh, our listeners share what they're going through and you see that that, um, what we're talking about is affecting you uh, as you're listening and you help us so much uh, in telling these stories Mm -hmm. because uh, we can relate it to what you're going through. So thank you so much for that. Well, welcome to the G and Ursula show. Happy Fresh Friday to all of you. You know, on this Friday at 10 o'clock, it means one thing. What's new at 10? It is time to bring our friend Michael Medved in. Nearly lifelong Republican and good friend of the G and Ursula show. Thank you so much for joining us. What a pleasure, Ursula. <laughs> so great to talk to you. And great to talk to you, G. You and t- congratulations on a well-deserved pat on your own back. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Thanks. I'll be honest, G. I didn't know what to say about that. I was like, hey, man. Ah, you know, just, hey, I'm not comfortable with hey, that. Hey, you can't expect other people to celebrate you if you don't celebrate yourself. You feel me? Oh, okay, my God. You there got? you go. Okay. Michael, let's talk about what is happening on the border right now. So I'm going to give I want to give a little background for for our listeners who are not totally up to date as to what is happening. But I want to get your take on this. Okay, so first, Texas Governor Greg Abbott is now defying this U.S. Supreme Court order to remove that razor wire along the Rio Grande that has injured migrants. Twenty five Republican governors are supporting Governor Abbott, and they are invoking the same legal theory that slave states used to justify secession before the Civil War. And Abbott had justified his defiance of the Supreme Court by saying that the federal government has broken the compact between the U.S. and the states. A bunch of governors backed that statement. So. I'm just going to get right to it. What is the prospect of GOP governors sending their state National Guard troops to the border? I wish I could say there was no prospect. Uh, Obviously, what's so ironic about this is we're so close to getting a deal on the border, giving Republicans most of what they want. The uh, negotiations in which President Biden has participated have come out quite reasonably. And then there's this giant monkey wrench in the work in the works. And uh, that's President Trump, who uh, doesn't want this uh, compromise to go forward before he's elected because he thinks he can get a better deal. In other words, If there is a crisis on the border, and I think there is, and so do you, and so does G, so does everybody. Yes. Given that there's a crisis on the border, why turn away from this opportunity to settle the thing, at least making an improvement in uh, cutting back on some of the manipulation of asylum status and other problems that they have? I love you, Michael. 
<laughs> she was just practically I, jumping I, I, up I and down right now. No, I just every hey Michael, I thought I'm sorry, Ursula. I thought I was going to have to come in this morning and bring that point up. And Michael, the fact that you said literally exactly how it was makes me appreciate you so much more because that is and yes, there is a problem at the border. Yes, we all can agree on that. But, let's, but there's one person that does not want a deal done because if it is, he can't run on that. Well, it, it's a tremendous problem because, by the way, this also involves national security. Because if they get this deal done, they would also be able to get uh, a deal done for emergency assistance to Ukraine, which is right on the verge of losing a war because they're out of ammunition. And the idea that uh, this is, again, being held up on a political basis, it's too important. And uh, the, virtually everybody, I mean, I had John Bolton on yesterday, who is the former national security advisor for President Trump, and talking about what a disaster it would be how our foreign policy regarding China, regarding protecting Taiwan, uh, protecting the other countries in NATO. And there are 31 countries in NATO. They're about to approve if Hungary comes along uh, to getting to Sweden into NATO as well. With all of that, we are in very real danger. We are uh, about to have a... Uh, and a tremendous encouragement for the axis of evil, mm. uh, which includes Russia and China, it seems to me, uh, becoming far more aggressive because there's no ability, it appears, for the United States to act effectively to deter them. Okay, that's a scary prospect. Okay, M Mike, let's talk about the uh, Republican field of candidates, which is now down to two, um, and Nikki Haley saying that she's going to stay in the race. How long does she have left, do you think? Until Super Tuesday, which is March 5th. Mm. And the reason is because Trump is in a world of legal hurt, and it is entirely imaginable that he he would have some kind of conviction on one of these 91 counts with which he has been charged. And if he does, at least according to all the polling, the exit polling in both New Hampshire and in Iowa, uh, that would mean that a very significant percentage of even the people who voted for him in these primaries uh, would think he's unfit to be president. So, again, if she can keep her campaign alive and uh, uh, Trump uh, doesn't succeed in his attempt to simply postpone all of these cases until he can be elected president and pardon himself, which brings up this other thing. And, and again, I know it's not something that you're going to disagree on, but it's, it's still so obvious and it needs attention. Uh, the promise to pardon uh, all of the 900 people 
who participated in the riot on the Capitol. Since when do conservatives want to pardon people who attack police officers? Since when is that a conservative value that we're going to attack and injure and send to the hospital and, and damage the lives of people in law enforcement? By the way, no wonder that's a tough time to recruit new officers when there is so little sympathy and support for them, and not just from the defund the police people, but from a lot of MAGA people who, who cheer the idea of people like that guy from Proud Boys who got sentenced to six years yesterday. Uh, and he, his name is Brew, and uh, he, he said that uh, it doesn't matter, you can give me 100 years, I'll do the same thing again as soon as I get out. But Michael, you said when since when has it been a Republican value? I, I think for some it is um, something that they can downplay or justify and say, well, this wasn't a riot. This is overplayed. This is overdone. And they believe that rhetoric. And so in their minds um, that some of these people are being held hostage uh, when, uh, in fact, um, uh, you know, what they did was uh, – you know, the attempt to overthrow government, basically. But, you know, it's been downplayed so much that people believe it. Well, they also believe that the FBI set this up, that it's a false flag operation. Right. That it, Okay, here's the question about that. And it goes to so many other things where people think they are fraudulent, they didn't really happen. There, there are 900 people in jail right now. Uh, why did none of them say... Uh, I was part of a false flag operation. I don't deserve to go to jail. I was working with the FBI. Not a single individual has come forward and said that. Right. Michael, right. Michael you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> you're, I know you're asking questions that we yeah, we can't answer for you. I mean, no, no, Michael, everything that you're saying right now, it feels like confirmation of what I've been bringing up for the last two years since January 6th, since I've been asking, when does Donald Trump go away? So I got one for you, and I, I, I got to make this one hard on you. This one, you're going to have to really dig deep on this one. I believe, the polls believe, everybody in their right mind believes that Nikki Haley would be the best candidate to beat Joe Biden, right? But right now, even with the 91 counts, that he faces and everything Donald Trump, I need you to give me so that I can take back to my other Republican brothers and sisters. Give me the real reason that I'm missing here, that the Republican Party is still backing Donald Trump. It has to be more than what meets the eye. Well, in some extent, it's, it's less than meets the eye, because this is a point that Britt Hume on Fox News brought up, which is that President Trump is running like an incumbent. Uh, basically, he's saying, let's bring back the good old MAGA days during the four years that I was president. That's what we want to restore. For somebody running as an incumbent, Getting 54% in Iowa and or 51%, pardon me, in Iowa and 54% in uh, New Hampshire, when you have divided opposition, uh, it's not really very impressive. 
it doesn't show strength. It uh, and and by the way, there was a Fox News poll, and I was thinking of you when I when I saw it because it came out on election night uh, Tuesday in in New Hampshire. That of the people who voted in the GOP primary, thirty five percent of the people who voted in the Republican primary said if Trump wins the nomination, there's no way they vote for him. Now, if you're losing 35% of your own party, uh, you're not going to win the presidency, and you wouldn't deserve to. And he's doing nothing, by the way, to try to unite the party. Well, he's that's trying to the, ban them. Right. And that's the other thing. And, and you know, he's still attacking Nikki Haley, who and there are polls that show that she would do better than he would against President Biden. Yeah. And but and, and I think virtually any generic Republican would do better than he would against President Biden, because they're just. It's hard for me to think uh, of any re- Republican candidate where you'd get a third of your own party who says, no way, I can't vote for this guy. And this is, by the way, before the resolution of those court cases. And some of those court cases, I mean, right now we, we have a situation in New York in this E. Jean Carroll trial where the court has already found him liable for sexual assault. Now, if, if a year ago you would ask somebody, what do you think? You think if there's a candidate who is found liable by a court of committing sexual assault, even if it's a long time ago, do you think that that individual is going to be a successful candidate for president? Hmm. And I think that the answer would be, well, of course not. Don't be silly. Right. Yeah, that should yeah. be the Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Michael, I love you, brother. But I want to let you know, I still don't feel very good going back and explain to somebody because I still don't think you've been able to explain how he is still the number one candidate. I agree with what you're saying that 30% say that if he were the candidate, it won't, won't vote. No doubt about it. But the fact I'll, that I'll he is, is still I, I, okay. Let, I let's let's it, put on it, let's it, put on the hat because I've got a, a text message from one of our listeners in Port Orchard who says, "How come you can't actually get a Trump supporter or a Republican? You are a Republican, but a Trump supporter <laughs> to answer these questions instead of someone who's never liked Trump." So let's try to think: What is it that would still bring? Someone to say, well, this is who I, I, I think a lot of it is. Well, it's not Biden. But Michael, but Michael did vote for Trump in 2016. So you can't say he never liked Trump. No, I didn't. No, oh, you didn't. He did not. Oh, Mm-mm. no, I <laughs> voted for Evan McMullen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my, hey, my bad, fam. <laughs> my bad, my bad. No, sorry, about Michael, that, Michael. Michael has paid a very dear price <laughs> yes, you, for being oh, a Republican oh, yeah. who has yes, not has. Yes, voted has. for Trump. So, okay, so, so, but the the point that people would make is it really has to do with this conspiratorial worldview where all of these charges against Trump are phony. They are, pardon the expression, trumped up charges, that he is actually a decent public servant, actually heroic public servant. And that's why every time he, there's a new indictment, there's a new charge against him, you say, see, there they go again. This is the same thing as the Russia hoax, which President Trump talks about all the time. Russia, Russia, Russia. And uh, there's this entire worldview which seems to get confirmed 
every time there is a new charge against him. And again, what what that pro-Trump Republican would say about, for instance, this E. Jean Carroll thing, is this is an 80-year-old woman who is claiming that 30 years ago President Trump uh, attacked her in a dressing room at Bergdorf Goodman. And uh, how ridiculous, what does this have to do with his performance as president or his suitability to lead the United States? And this is just the, and, and they would also say, and what about Biden? How come we haven't found out the truth about Hunter yet? Which, by the way, is a good thing. Uh, Hunter has agreed to testify before the House uh, Committee on Oversight, the Jamie Comer Committee, and it'll be do it behind closed doors, which they want. And I, I do think that Hunter Biden is not going to advance the case for impeachment against President Biden, which also is another electoral distraction. And I think it's a terrible thing that we have a situation where we are so ready to launch impeachment attempts or investigations against presidents of both sides. Michael, uh, just because we're out of time, uh, I just want to ask real quick, um, if it is Trump versus Biden, who you vote for then? Uh, I'm among those people who uh, cannot imagine a situation where I would vote for President Trump. Mm. So there's an answer to your question. <laughs> no, like, no, like when you, when you think, say, I think he's 100%, very dangerous to the country. Ninety-eight percent or a hundred percent that I would could not vote for President Trump. A hundred percent, I could not vote for President Trump. I don't know what you had for breakfast this morning, but Michael, I, I, I don't even. I'm really like, I'm debating if this is even a good segment anymore. Like, there's no way we can come on and be agreeing like this, brother. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work well, on it for next week. As they say in uh, the Bible, in the uh, book of Isaiah, come let us reason together. Hey, <laughs> I appreciate you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Have a wonderful weekend. All right. Ursula, coming up next here on the G and Ursula show, is my man Matt Markovich going to come in? I cannot wait. Now, here's a topic that came up last year and it came up this year. You ready for this? Should the state of Washington lower the BAC? Hmm, let's talk about that. This is going to be a juicy Gene Ursula. The Gian Ursula Show. It has been a very busy Fresh Friday, and we are going to continue to roll on here. And we're going to talk about what's going on in Olympia. You just heard it in Heather's newscast. One of the proposals is to lower the blood alcohol limit. And our Matt Markovich is here. He covers all things Olympia, and he joins us live now in studio. So, Matt, first of all, this sounds very familiar, and it's because it was brought up last year. Yeah, well, this, this I want to point out. Oh, hold on. There we go. I want to point out what the purpose of this short session is all about. They're the retreads. They're taking bills that they tried last year, put them up this year and see if they stick this time. That's what's a lot. That's what's happening a lot right now. Yeah. It's a fire hose of bills like that are coming in. You're hearing all about it on our news. So this is one of them. 
Um, as you talked about, you guys had Senator John Lovick on, yep. one of the sponsors on the Senate bill last year. So what they did is he basically reintroduced word for word the .05 bill again this year. On the House side, they made a little bit changes. They added a, a component of education, mandatory education, and brought in some federal funding to get the word out about let's drop it down to .05 if the bill passes. But basically, I guess I'm not saying I'm calling them out, but there's no change. You know, the the, the bills are substantially the same. Uh, the reasoning is all there. The reasoning that Utah has it, they're the first state to do it. They've shown some success. People say they haven't. Uh, dropping it down to 0.05, the, the wine industry, the beer industry, restauranters are saying, hey, we have no mechanism to test our people at 0.05 and get training to see if they're more income, you know, they're more intoxicated at a 0.05 level. All the arguments are exactly the same. Yeah. It's that whole argument where, you know, if you tried it again and again and again, Right. Definition Eventually. of crazy, right? You know, right. You know, well, it's either insanity or maybe uh, there'll be some kind of breakthrough. So why did it not pass the first time around? Um, it just didn't. It just didn't get out of its committee. So uh, it which on okay, the well, Senate side, that feels like a kind of a lame uh, reason well, I not think, to. I, I, I think it's I think it's because, uh, frankly, I think the argument is. No other state has done it uh, except for Utah. Utah. And the Utah okay. results, and I won't go into all of them, are mixed. They've had some success in other areas where they haven't had success is the repeat drunk driver, the habitual offender, the guy who's going to go out and drink anyway. Those, uh, there was one stat that that's up 41% since uh, .05 went into effect in Utah. So it's the habitual drunk driver that's been a big problem in Utah. You want to know why it doesn't pass? Because mm. we got a lot of people with drinking problems that make decisions around here. That's why. We got a lot of people. Let me. Let me. <laughs> I think pe- some people think .05 is unreasonable, uh, too. Okay. Okay. But you yeah, And your position is, don't, if you're going to drink at all, uh, don't By, by the way, John Lovett, keep bringing this every single year. It needs to happen. I am sick and tired of the misconception of the sign that says .08. My brother Brady right now that's on the board, love him, he's our engineer for today. If Brady has one beer right now and gets in his car and goes out and gets in a car accident and hits somebody, Brady, you're going to be liable And you're probably, if you don't have the funds, that lien on your finances is going to stick with you until you pay it off. Guess who's impacted by those decisions, Ursula? Poor people. Because there's a lot of rich people that can have their lawyer hit the person up and says, he, I'm sorry for that accident. You want to take 15,000? Here's 15,000 cash to just kind of make that go away. It is sick. It is sad that it's a hard time to bring down the BAC. Again, I repeat, the reason why this is happening, because there's a lot of lawmakers that have drinking problems. There's a lot of lawmakers across the country that have been get, get pulled over for DUI, but they want to blame the habitual ones. You know, the ones that got caught a lot, the ones that don't have the money to pay off other people. This is a very sad thing. And the people that get hurt from this are the people that don't understand. Even if you don't have a .08 BAC, you are still liable if you hurt someone. So if you have a .04 and you kill someone in a car accident, you can go to jail for vehicular homicide. 
Why is that so hard to understand? If we truly want people to stop drinking and driving, make it zero. If you have one is, drink, is that reasonable though? What, I mean, what, what do you mean? Is it reasonable? If say, you have, is it reasonable for well, mom if, and dad? If you have one drink and you you if you drive, um, if you drive and you get in an accident, I mean, you're going to still be liable whether you had that one drink or no drink. Is it liable? Is it is it fair to say that every parent should put their kids in a seatbelt? Is it fair to say that everybody should be wearing a seatbelt? The same restrictions that people say on people wearing a seatbelt should be on there. If you have one drink, you should not drive. But we have this culture to where we have this two drinks is okay to drink and drive. So we really don't want to get rid of the drinking and driving problem. We just pretend. Uh, there were some stats that were brought up. Okay, first of all, I just want to say I love you, Jeeth, and I love your passion. <laughs> and, and, and you know, like as someone who, back. And, and, as you just, know who, he, like, someone who doesn't drink, I totally agree I with you. Get, I'm just I trying just, to throw I just get so mad at this because it's a freaking no-brainer. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. <laughs> and again, I agree. If you're going to drink, don't drive. Okay. I was just going to say some of the stats that they showed uh, throughout yesterday is 20% of the people who are convicted of DUI are below 0. 0.4, 0.04 in when they do a blood alcohol, 20%. There's a big gap, and then the most of the convictions are people at 0. 0.15, way up there. Is those So that's the target that's not being addressed that some people believe is the habitual offender part because there's nothing different in these cha- nothing difference in, in these bills this year. The arguments are the same, except if you want to go have an education element, have federal funding this time for an education campaign. That is literally that's the only element that I could see that was different. Mm. Okay, so we'll see if that one gets through. Okay, oh, can you give us? Oh, it's. I thought you were going to do the one that I thought G wanted to talk about. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got another one, which was the The uh, attacks on referees. Just tell us real quick. We've got like. 45 seconds. Oh. Okay, just tell, what what is this bill, though? Because I like it. You know, G basically, just- it's raising the penalties if you uh, attack and intimidate a referee or other school staff at extracurricular events, uh, raising it to a felony. It's right now a gross misdemeanor if you yell at somebody. But, you know, I was going to bring up with, gee, what about the coach who intimidates a referee on the sideline? This would cover that. Uh, Make it a felony? If if the if the referee wants to apply a verbal abuse, assault, verbal assault against the coach, he can in this bill. Hmm. What do you think? Uh, yeah, because some of these parents and adults are <laughs> off the hook. I'm sick and tired of y'all thinking you had this just because this person has uh, pinstripes on as far as a referee shirt. You think you can say whatever you want. Well, and right. it, don't, it don't just hey. be men. It be women, too. I be seeing the most obnoxious <laughs> people out here. Yeah, lock them up. <laughs> well, I yelled at a ref I, I, last year, G. I know. You, Am I a felon? <laughs> yeah, it's a felony. I'm proud of it. I know. They're also talking about. I know we shamed you last year. They're also talking about you know those signs on schools that say no gun zone. Put right next to that, you can't yell at the ref, or it's a felony. Yeah, I'm still. Okay, hot that, right I know now. you are. <laughs> still, okay. no, I know we're gonna I'm, have to bring some of these back I'm, I'm around. Still, I'm you still, got a lot more yeah. you're gonna be talking hey, about. Hey, yes. Matt. First of all, you do a good job. You're man. the best. You do you do a good job coming here, getting me riled up. <laughs> I know. I like that. Yeah, when you stand yeah, up and start yeah, talking, yeah. I know uh, I hit the nerve. Uh, 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 yeah. I, so if there's anybody that's wondering, if you're wondering, like, man, why does G get so mad about this topic? I'll tell you why. I'm being no lie to you. Because I've seen firsthand 
how people with money get out of that stuff. I've seen firsthand how people that have platforms and are famous or whatever get out into the different rules for drinking and driving. And that's why I'm so mad because that blue collar worker that makes that mistake can't buy them themselves out of the situation where somebody else can just throw money at it and laugh. That's why it is so egregious. It's so bad. And these problems persist is because those at the top, there's a lot of people that have drinking problems. Well, the other thing is just the damage that is done and the lives that are lost when you do choose to drink and drive. But at what point does it become a real issue? You know, that's that's the the debatable part. And uh, I appreciate your yeah. passion. And thank you, thank Matt, you, Matt, for bringing yeah. it in. And I bet you rest, I bet you restaurant and bars don't like me right now. Coming up next here on the G and Ursula show scenarios. G and Ursula. Well. Ursula, I need me some scenarios and another hot cup of coffee. You do. I'm riled you up are. right now. I'm so you riled are. up. All right, let's go judge other people's lives. Scenarios. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's the scenario? I need y'all's help. I'm flying this weekend again, and it seems like every flight has someone with a service animal. Come on. Are there people that are cheating with this whole service dog thing? There was a lady sitting next to me two weeks ago with a tiny a little dog wearing a vest that said service dog. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was a nice little dog, but we started talking and she whispered that she only says it's a service animal because that way he can fly for free. She bought a vest from Amazon and just put it on the dog. Now, I'm not a friend of the airlines, but this just isn't right, and I'm pretty upset about it. I'm thinking of starting to make a big deal about it on flights when I see something suspicious like this and get the flight attendants to check credentials or paperwork or something. My husband says I'm overreacting, and there's no reason to create problems where they don't exist. But this just isn't fair. What do you think? 888-973-5476 is a Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. Ursula, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to go first. There's a lot of people that complain about a lot of things that don't affect them constantly. I, I know for a fact somebody with a service animal does not bother you. Like it really does not bother you. You're just mad because there's a possibility that that person is maybe, let's say they're getting away with something. But I've never in my life, Ursula, been in a barbecue and someone said, hey, you know what? You know what I'm going to start doing? I'm going to put a service animal tag on my dog so I can fly free. It's not a common thing. But people make big deals out of something because they just want to complain. Hurt people like to hurt people. All right. I like that. Do you mind when there is a dog in a person's purse and they're at the at the grocery store? I seem to recall we had a, a discussion about this and they've got I, the and, and I, they're in the produce section really and they don't. bring the dog. I really don't. Okay. I really the only time I have a problem with the dog, and I've told you guys this, is when I'm eating at a restaurant. Yeah. It's the only the, time. Other than that, man, if you want to have a dog with you, have your dog with you. Okay. So the, the question in this scenario would be, are, are, am I going to narc? Am I going to be the one that turned that person in? Probably not. Does it bother you? Um, if 
someone told me, hey, I, I'm, I, I bought this off Amazon and I'm doing this because uh, I can mm-hmm. and this is not really a service dog, it would bother me. Because a service dog should be for someone who actually requires it for the, you know, services that it can provide, whether it's, you know, someone's blind, someone has some kind of disability. Yeah. Um, and if you're abusing that, yeah, just the idea of how you're abusing that and abusing the system. Again, am, am I going to go to the point of turning someone in? Probably not. But it's going to su- seriously make me think that you're not a great person. How's that? I mean, I, I think it's I, I just, think I, I will question other things. I would think that. Yeah. Because how you do anything is how you do everything. Exactly. This has some major vibes of like, show me your citizenship papers. Show me your citizenship papers. The simple fact is uh, you cannot ask for documentation under ADA law. So a business cannot ask someone, show us your papers that proves this is a service animal. Show us the task that this animal performs for you. They cannot ask, what is your disability that requires you to have a service? They simply cannot ask that under the law. I don't quite understand why, because we require parking placards if you want to park in a disabled spot, right? And people often misconstrue when they see someone in that parking space. Oh gosh, that person just walked out of the car just fine. They might not have a disability. They might not understand that the person had like hernia surgery, right? Or, uh, you know, a C-section or some other visibility or disability that isn't visible to them. Mm-hmm. And it can be the, the same with the service animal. I don't, I just think there should be a minor change in the law that says, you know, service animals should have this placard visible upon them so businesses know whether or not they're allowed to refuse entry. I don't see personally why that would discriminate against those with disabilities. I didn't think it should exist. But at the same time, this is like the most tortured headline from 2007. There's a service ostrich on the plane. Like, I've never seen this happen in real life on an airplane. I've seen folks in grocery stores with teacup poodles, and it doesn't bother <laughs> me, me either. <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's just, I'm offended by you. I used to make fun of people who um, who I believe, like, they didn't, like, you don't need a dog with you. You can walk, see, touch, everything. All your senses are there. You don't need a dog or an animal with you. And you know what? I stand corrected on that. I really do believe that there are people who love their companions so much it helps with helps them with less anxiety. It helps and them that, get around. And that's one of the reasons that you can have a service animal. Yeah. Uh, 425 says, I hate this. I, I need to have an opposing view here. My friend has a legitimate service dog who helps alert her uh, seizures, and she gets so much hate when she has her dog because he looks normal due to all the fake service dogs. The dog will even show you the service on command and is very well behaved. So many fake service dogs who are horribly behaved are making lives of the people who really need them so difficult. Yeah. So there you go. There's, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And plus, I see the way my wife talks to the cats. I believe that she'd more, she'd rather have the cats travel with her than me. <laughs> cats probably don't make her get to the airport four hours early. Yeah. Very true. All right. Good stuff. It's time for Agree to Disagree coming up next. And woo-wee. Let's see what Chef comes up with. But there is a new Washington bill. That would allow teens to do one thing 
without the permission of their parents. We're going to see if you agree with it. Next, Gino, 